Riverside. Welcome everybody to Garage Takes Season 3, Episode 18. Joined here with my co-host Brant. I'd like to welcome everybody and make sure that you have not done so already. You like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. We greatly appreciate it. Do me a huge, huge favor. Hop over to the Garage Takes YouTube channel. And if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button as we are on our way and trying to grow that number. We appreciate the support. Uh, we got a couple of things to get into tonight. Uh, obviously, Michigan back-to-back-to-back to back to back Big Ten champions. We've got to talk about that. Even if the game wasn't very exciting, it's worth noting. Um, we've got to talk about how the college football playoff committee decided on the Final Four. Michigan draws Alabama. We'll get into get into that. Talk a little, uh, I want to know Brant's opinion on what happened with Florida State. And we've got to talk Lions as well as they narrowly escape a crisis in New Orleans. But a, a, a win is a win. So um, we will uh, we'll hop in in just a second. But Brant, how are you doing tonight, man? Dave, uh, for those of you that don't know, um, uh, the, the podcast life is kind of a grind, man. So I just want to say thank you to you for, uh, you know, your, all your hard work uh, this fall. Um, a lot of people don't know how hard Dave works to uh, put those YouTube videos up um, and, and to put the podcast together. So I just want to say thanks, man, and uh, keep doing you. Um, it, it's never underappreciated, dude. So hey, um, <laughs> I I appreciate it, man. And and look, I feel like we've got to continue the podcast because Michigan, you know, since we started this podcast in the summer of 2021, Michigan has done a few things. They've never lost to Ohio State since Garage Takes went live. Um, they've never not won a Big Ten championship. And for that reason, Brand, I feel like we we're just destined to do this, I guess, for the rest of our lives. So, yeah, man, I, uh, I'm, I'm happy to do it. And I'm, I'm proud to be joined by you. Appreciate the uh <laughs> Yeah, the, the kind a, words. Yeah, just a little shout out for you because uh, if really people don't know what like what goes into it, and I mean we do this out for fun, obviously. Dave and I do not get paid for this, um, <laughs> you know. So it, it's a lot of fun for us, but also uh, coming in week in and week out and, and producing the content and then sharing the content is is two different things, and we've just. We've done it um, all together, you know, and um, it's been a lot of fun for us. So, uh, anyway, with that out of the way, Dave, yeah, um, the back-to-back-to-back championships. Um, what a slug. A sl- <laughs> it was a slog of a game, man. It really was. It was a tough watch if you were a Michigan fan because you keep on waiting to see this offense kick it into the next year. The gear that you can look at and say, that's a national championship team. That's a team that I've seen in the past, like a Georgia, like an Alabama, like an LSU, that like a Clemson that has went and went went and won a championship. And it just feels like right now, you're eighty percent of the way there, Dave. Like it feels like in the heart of hearts, you're like this team could get beat by Alabama. And I know we're gonna get into that in a little bit, but it also feels like. Any one of these four teams in this playoff could win this playoff. That's what it certainly feels like to me, Dave. 
Uh, I don't think anybody's coming out here and saying, hey, this is a for sure thing. This is a 2021 Georgia situation where they clearly have the best defense. They have a good enough offense. They're going to win this thing going away. Um, I, I just think that right now, as a Michigan fan, you're sitting there and, and you're just feeling like, when am I going to see this offense break it open? The defense has been steady, Eddie, all year long. But again, the Ohio State game came down to a a, <laughs> a must-have stop. And Ohio State got theirs. I mean, don't kid yourself. Like, And the best quarterback, and, I, and a lot of people have made this point, and I agree with it. The best quarterback that this defense has seen is Kyle McCord, who just hit the transfer portal, right? Jalen Milrow is going to be a different beast. And I don't think Jalen Milrow is at the level of a Bryce Young. Um, he's not He's not at the level uh, of the Caleb Williams. Like, he's not that dude, but he is mobile, and he is a playmaker, and there is something to be said about that. Alabama's not going to want to chuck it around the yard 40 times in this game, but um, there will be time to get into that. I'm sorry. I keep, I keep getting forward on myself. I'm sorry, Dave, but uh, it was a slog of a game, and, and it was a tough watch. Oh, you mean you don't enjoy watching Iowa football? I mean, basically what you all got to watch was Michigan out Iowa, out, out Iowa in Iowa. And that was a, a snooze fest. But look, man, I will never complain about 26-0. And I, at the end of the day, yeah, Iowa is not a good football team on the offensive side of the ball. It's one of the better defenses that that Michigan is is going to see. Certainly, second to Ohio State. I mean, I don't think it's too far off. Uh, but Michigan did what they needed to do. I think my biggest thing is health. Like Michigan needs these next few weeks off to just get healthy. I, everybody does this time of year. Alabama does. Like across the board, needs to needs to be. You know, you need to get healthy. But um, what you're not going to see again, Brant is you're not going to see a quarterback that looks like he won a competition off a cereal box to go hop out there and be a quarterback of a Big Ten team in Deacon Hill. I mean, what an embarrassment for the Big Ten. Um, and I don't mean to go down that route on on one kid because that's not fair. But look, there's not much to really talk about with this Iowa game. I, I will say this. Some some parting words with the with the Big Ten is we saw a final Big Ten championship um, that was just disastrous. If I'm being honest, um, Big Ten East against Big Ten West. We've all known for years this needs to be reworked. Um, it's just it's it's a mess, and you got to watch it. Like as we're watching Alabama Georgia, we then get to flip on to Michigan Iowa, and it just sheds so much light on the problems in college football, the problems in the Big Ten. Look, whether you agree or disagree with the expansion of the conference, and and I'm the first one to say like I hate to see. I hate seeing all of these changes. I just do. Not that I'm some like tradition guy, but um, not a fan of it. But I recognize the need for it, and I think we've got to embrace this change because the product that you all got to watch on Saturday ain't it. Um, and and it's the last year that we're going to have to watch that in a Big Ten championship game. And you know, for better or worse for Michigan, it's going to be an uphill battle here from from here on out. And it's going to be much more than having to beat Ohio State at the at the end of the year. So um, enjoy it, Michigan fans. Um, enjoy it, Jim Harbaugh. I mean, look, back to back to back Big Ten championships. Um, I. 
I can't say enough about that. Brand, I, I think about the last 15, 20 years of our lives almost. I, I guess 15 years. Um, it's just been a mess to be a Michigan fan and to see where the program is right now. I mean, Brant, we're nit we're nitpicking and we're not thrilled about a 26-0 win in a 13-0 season over over Iowa. Um I get it. Shouldn't it shouldn't be though. It shouldn't be. <laughs> It yeah. shouldn't be. I mean, at the point now, Dave, when you win three Big Ten championships, you're expecting national championship next step. So for us to be satisfied is fine, but we're not done. Absolutely. That's kind of my, my segue here is, look, Blake Corum, Zach Zinner, like these guys, they didn't come back to win back-to-back-to-back Big Ten championships and beat Ohio State for a third straight year. They came back to win a national championship, and it's the perfect segue into this conversation. Look, Michigan draws Alabama. They, they Georgia gets upset. Michigan goes to the one seed. Texas, uh, oh my God, Brandon, I'm having a, a brain fart here. Help me out. Who, who's Texas playing? Washington. <laughs> who's my pack? Well, thank you. <laughs> well, I sit here like, who, who are they playing? You Washington. wanted to be Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, no, I wanted Washington. to say Oregon. Um <laughs> Yeah, Washington escapes uh, escapes Oregon, and look, so you, you've got two versus three there, right? In Washington versus Texas, Michigan draws Bama, and I, yes, there is plenty of controversy to to talk about. And should Bama be in? Should they not be in? Um, I do want before we get into, I, I kind of want to wrap this up, Brent, with that conversation before we before we segue out. Let me say this: I personally. And I'll give my opinion on the whole Florida State thing in a moment. I love that we're playing Alabama. I I think Jalen Milrow is going to be one. It's going to be a tough out against Alabama. It is sure it's not Bryce Young, Alabama, or Tua, um, but this is Nick Saban's Alabama team. And yeah, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And I'm so sick and tired. Like Michigan fans, you wanted a layup last year. Like don't kid ourselves. First of all. Who are we all cheering for to play? Florida State. And there's a reason why we were cheering to play Florida State, because it's the easier out. You got to go beat Alabama, and you better go beat Alabama and not have any excuses this year. You got your layup last year, and and you went up for it, and you smoked the bottom of the rim, came down, hit your toe, went out of bounds, and you lost the game. You had TCU last year, who did not even deserve to, to be there. Maybe they deserve to be there. They were not one of the four best teams in college football, if we want to have that conversation. And they clearly proved it that a week later when they went out and lost by like 50 or 60 points to Georgia. So Michigan, miss me with that. It's time to go beat the best, okay? Alabama is going to be a challenge. Nick Saban has done it before several times, not just winning semifinal games. He's winning national championships. And so Jim Harbaugh, has got to get this done. It is on to bigger and better things. Uh, Brant, you're spot on. It's not good enough right now. You celebrate it. You enjoy it. I mean, you absolutely enjoy uh, back-to-back 13-0 seasons. But the one thing that we have not done with Jim as our head coach, well, A, we haven't won many uh, postseason games, but B, we have not won a college football playoff game. So it's time to get it done. Alabama is going to bring on a great challenge. We'll get into that throughout the month of December. A very tough secondary, a very mobile quarterback. Um, 
maybe not the same Alabama teams that we've seen in the past, but Brand, I, I think the the one point spread or whatever it is, it, it's there for a reason. This is going to be a pick 'em game, um, and I hope that Michigan takes the next few weeks to prepare for this game like they've never prepared before. Whatever hasn't worked these last two years, they need to get it right. If it's preparation, if it's rest, if it's several things combined, they've got to get this right. Um, They've got to win this football game. Uh, Your thoughts, Brant? Yeah, I mean, they absolutely have to get it right. And um, while Michigan may be a slight favorite right now, I don't believe that a lot of Michigan fans believe that this is uh, that they should be favored just because of what you've seen in the past. Um, it's clear that Michigan has been underprepared in these games, so I, I'm not feeling terribly confident, Dave. That like until I see it, I can trust it. You know what I mean? When I can see us come back having three weeks off, four weeks off, and all of a sudden we look great again. Um, what you saw last year was a more prepared TCU team. What you saw last year was they after that TCU game, they came out and said, we knew where J.J. was going with the ball. He let us know with his eyes where he was going with the ball. He did it all year. Um, so we got to see J.J. take that next step, that next progression. And this Alabama defense, um, they're good. There's no way around it. Um, they're not all-time great. They're not some sort of – uh, unstoppable machine that we've seen from the likes of a 2021 Georgia, a 22 Georgia, really. Um, so just set that to the side for a second. Like Michigan's got to be prepared. Um, the other thing is uh, this is not an offensive Alabama team like it was in 2019, let's say. They had dudes like Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs. Uh, Dave, I can keep – Mac Jones was throwing the rock around. Like, think about that. Okay, that's not this team. Um, so, So Michigan is finally on a level playing field with some of these SEC teams. And now is their chance to strike with the leadership that they have with the guys that have been there longer than dudes have been at Alabama, basically. Like, there's a reason that Michigan is a favorite, and it's because of the leadership factor. So so what does that play into, Dave? Being smart with the ball, win the turnover battle. Like, that's the easiest – well, maybe not the easiest thing you can do, but that is one of the things that you're going to have to do is win the turnover battle. And then secondly, Dave, do what you've done mostly all year. Control the clock. Control the game. Do things like how you've done. Put people in a headlock. Like Jalen Milrow, like I have already said, he's not going to want to go out there and throw it 30 times a game. So what does that mean? That means that they're going to want to move the ball with his legs, with, uh, you know, Jace McClellan, um, Roydell Williams. Like those dudes, they're going to want to move the ball on the ground. So if you can get three and outs, you can get the ball back and you can kind of choke the clock away a little bit on these guys. And Alabama's not the team that's going to score 42 on you like that. You know what I mean? That's just not going to happen with this team. So it's going to be kind of a slugfest game, Dave. I like it to be a little bit lower scoring, and I love that Michigan has the leadership that they have this year compared to what Alabama has. Absolutely. Um, last thing I'll say on on this game, because uh, we have several weeks now to, to kind of preview this thing. This game is huge. And I, I see it from a conference standpoint, okay? So 
you've got the future of the Big Ten and the future of the SEC. It, it is changing and it is, and it is evolving. As I mentioned earlier, college football is changing. Um, we see year in and year out the Big Ten fall flat, really outside of Ohio State, if I'm being honest, in, in the postseason, be able to compete against the SEC. Um, but you've got a conference expansion coming. It's going to be two super conferences. It's going to be the Big Ten or the big, however many teams they're going to have in the SEC as Texas and Oklahoma head over there. And and look, this is a, this would be such a statement game as we go into that next era of football for Michigan to take down Alabama. It just would. Um, they haven't been able to, to do it. And really the Big Ten as a whole just struggles when it comes to, to playing the SEC. Um, I know any Big Ten fan is sick of hearing about it. They're sick of hearing about the SEC. They're sick of hearing Paul Feinbaum. Look, if, you, if you're sick of hearing about it, go do something about it. Go in on January 1st. It's time to get it done. Brant, the next thing that I wanted to just briefly talk with you about is the fact that speaking of the, the SEC and, and all of that, Florida State, we got to at least spend a few minutes on this. Florida State goes 13-0. and They beat Louisville in their conference championship. We know Jordan Travis goes down a couple weeks ago, breaks his leg, stud quarterback. Um, you and I were kind of on opposing views on this that, you know, would Florida State get in? Would they not? Uh, would they leave an SEC team out? Would they not? Well, look, the committee has spoken. One loss Alabama team gets in over Florida State, who won every single game on their schedule. Um, this isn't a conversation right now about, you know, who was who is Michigan going to play? It's simply a conversation of did the committee get it right, in your opinion? They they had no options to get it right, Dave. They were stuck in a chaos scenario, which I was glad to see because it's finally time that they had to either stick with their guns and leave the SEC out or fold, which they did do, and, and let the SEC in and tell a Power Five champion that was undefeated that you can't come. You can't, you, you're not, you don't get invited to the invitational, basically. Um, and I think that's an embarrassment uh, for a couple different reasons, Dave. Um, this is not what they have done in the past. This, this is, so they let, in 2021, they let Cincinnati in, who was not one of the top four teams. Like, I don't care who was injured, who wasn't injured. That happened. 2022 TCU gets in. Dave, you just said it like five minutes ago. TCU was not a top four team last year. Alabama with Bryce Young was far better than TCU was last year. And TCU didn't win their net or they didn't win their conference championship last year, Dave. Remember? Like there are things that with inconsistencies with these committees that are maddening. And if you if you're just gonna do it, just be consistent. And that's all I ask for. I don't care about the Jordan Travis injury. Obviously, that changes their team. I'm not stupid. Like that that does make it a different ball game for them. I watched Florida State's ACC championship. I know you did too, Dave. That defense is national championship good. Legit. They got dudes now. They got like first round draft picks, second round draft picks on that team. And I don't really care that they have a backup quarterback. Lots of teams have backup quarterbacks that win games all the time. Um, and if you're going to tell me they couldn't push Michigan, I think you're full of it. I think that that line would probably be eight and a half, maybe nine and a half. Um, so so I, I, I get 
I get that like the Alabama line is what three, maybe started out at two or three. So it will be technically a better game, but it's tough for me to watch an undefeated power five champion sit on the sidelines after doing exactly what they were asked to do and not get their shot. It's embarrassing, really. It's beyond embarrassing. I, because here, here's the thing, Brant, flip the script on this. It, this is just, it's all look money talks. First of all, there was no way in the world. This committee was ever going to leave the sec out of the college football playoff. And you want to talk about the, the four best teams in college football. Did they get it right? Look, I'm not here to say they did or they did not, because I don't know. I do know that they're not as good of a team, but Jordan Travis not being on there. Sure. Fine. Fair point. Brant, you mentioned their defense. This is a good football team. This is a really good football team. And, um, the team is so much bigger than one player, as Jordan Travis said himself. Like, how bad do you feel for that kid? He puts his heart out there on the line all season, leads them. They're undefeated, goes down with a gruesome injury. The team picks up the torch, refuses to lose. They win the championship outright, 13-0, and with a backup quarterback. I, I, I mean, sure, it was Louisville, but look, you could argue that that was – that was the next level in of itself. Yeah, they were playing with second, third string quarterback, like, and they still won. So what are we doing here? Because flip the script on this. If you were to tell me that a one loss, let's just say Florida State team or name any other, name any other kind of uh, team towards the top right now, that they would have gotten in under these circumstances, right? Like Jordan Travis was healthy. They were one loss. But Alabama was undefeated, and Jalen and Jalen Milrow went down. Okay, or any SEC team, you name it. If that if that is because that is what the chair of the committee said, it was that injury. So take Jalen Milrow out, or or Carson Becker, or you name it, and down to the third string quarterback. You going to tell me that that's the reason that they don't put the SEC team in? It's garbage. Just come out and say it. You weren't going to leave the SEC out, no matter what. And those kids got screwed. They absolutely did. I don't know how Mike Norville and that coaching staff goes back and explains that to these kids because you cannot. You won every single game on your schedule. At what point does it matter or doesn't it matter the games that you play on the field? Because to me, it seems like it doesn't matter. You know, Dave, you are absolutely right. The games have to matter. That's that's what they told us when when Texas also was basically handcuffed to Alabama. Like they seem convinced that they were twins. If we're putting Texas in, we're putting Alabama in, and vice versa. If Alabama's going, Texas is going. So I don't get how, like, and that's another thing that people aren't talking about is Texas just strolls in as well with a loss to Oklahoma. Like, eh, no big deal. We're also here at the three seed. We do have a loss, but don't look at that. I know Florida State doesn't. Not a big deal. Don't look over here. We beat Bama. Like, yeah. I suppose when Jalen Milrow was not Jalen Milrow, right? Like it, it's all how you look at it in perspective. And Dave, like you said, it's a money grab. I get it. I understand it. Just be real with us. Like just say, if you win the SEC, you're going to go because it just means more. <laughs> that That's exactly it. And like, look, man, I, that that's, I just wish that they would come out and say that versus being like, well, it was this injury. Like, Man, they're yeah, coming out. Gonna make, 
Yeah, nothing's going to make a kid feel worse than coming out and saying that. That's what's ridiculous, is you come out and say that about a kid. Now he's got to go to his teammates and say, sorry, I wish I would have broke my leg three months sooner so they could have seen what we were made of. Yeah, right, right. And and, and miss me with, a, well, let's see how they let's see how they do against Georgia in that five or six matchup. Miss me with that. That's not the point. That's not the point. The point is that they played 13 games. They won every single one of them. They scheduled power five opponents in their non-conference schedule. Heck, you could argue that Michigan didn't do that. No. Florida State did. Yeah. They beat Respect LSU on a neutral site against Jaden Daniels. Like, what are we doing, man? I mean, look, I I, I am totally okay because I, I I know that the, the whispers are out there about Michigan and Michigan fans and, oh, you're being scared to play to Alabama. That is not it at all. I'm excited to play Alabama. Look, I – I want if Michigan's going to make a, a national championship run and win this whole thing, I don't want any question marks about our pathway there or our oh you you got to play Florida State without Jordan Trap. No, like give me Alabama. I want to beat Alabama. If we're going to win this championship, let's do it the right way. But this it, absolutely garbage what happened to these kids, and, and quite frankly, it's unacceptable. And college football just needs to do a lot, lot better. Um, the the twelve team expansion it, it comes at the at the right time. Um, and look, I guess move forward from here. Go ahead, and then let's transition. What sucks is they're going to just point to that and say, "Well, we won't have to have to worry about that again because we'll have the twelve teamer next year." So don't get mad at us. Blame the system. This system sucks. That's why we're getting rid of it. Well, you should have ch- chose to do that at the beginning of the year, was just to change it to 12, and this would have never been an issue. You had the power to do it. You just didn't do it. Well, and the ACC uh, did not help with that. So in a way, they shot themselves in the foot. So, yeah, you're right, bro. <laughs> All right, I want to shift into NFL and the Lions in particular narrowly escape uh, the New Orleans Saints. Look, the Lions look absolutely dominant. They come out and start that game. It's 21-0, like hot, came real fast. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, here we go. Defense look good. I know we'll talk about the defense. Look, they they absolutely were shutting down the Saints. Turnover, three and outs, like you name it. And then the game shifted, and it got very, very close. You could argue that the, the injury to Derek Carr – is maybe the difference at this point if Jamison Winston doesn't come in and be himself, it could be a different outcome in this game. Um, so, you know, it depends on what side of the fence you're on where you're like so beyond frustrated with this team that they let the Saints come back in and the game should have never been this close. Or are you on the side of just like, stop complaining? You're nine and three. It's the NFL. It's hard to win games, and you won a game on the road. Uh, Brant, I'm curious what side of the fence you're on with this team right now. I did take the Saints with the five and a half, and I came up just a bit shy. Um, or it was, it was four and a half, sorry. Um, anyway, neither here nor there. I knew that I felt like this was going to be a close game, and then they came out and opened it up 21 zip. And I had a feeling at that point, because it's the NFL, listen, you're not going to stay up by 21 points. That's just. <laughs> it's just not how things work in this league. So I expected it to to get a little bit closer. I didn't expect them to have to pull out that final drive, just grinding out first downs. Once again, Dan moving the ball in situations through the air, which are basically getting it done. Like he's making, well, Ben Johnson, whoever, are making the right play calls at the right time. Um, so they continue to impress me in clutch 
clutch time, Dave. Like that's not something to be looked over. Like this team is starting to develop a clutch gene or they have that in them. Now, that was a tough game, man. And let me tell you why. Taysom Hill is a problem. Like he was everything for them. And I, I get it. He looks goofy out there in different positions and doing different things, but the Saints have figured out a way to utilize him in which the Lions were scratching their heads. And, um, you know, Olave had a day. Uh, it was it was just one of those games where um, you wanted to escape. You just wanted to run out the clock as fast as possible. That place turned on them quickly. It got loud in there towards the end of the game. Uh, and we talked about that, Dave. That place was going to be rocking. Um, and I, I think the Saints are, are an okay football team. That's a tough test because you have to go on the road down there. Not an easy place to play. Um, but I thought – like, like the tip ball that Brian Branch, like he just happened to tip. And um, who was on the back end that was going to intercept that? Uh, I, I can't remember who was right behind him. Um, yeah, you mean the one that Olave caught? Yeah, that Jerry Jacobs. Uh, maybe Jerry yeah. Jacobs was It right was Jerry him. Jacobs, yeah. Yeah, and, and Brian Branch just knocked it from him. And then it ends up in Chris Olave's hands. And he's down at like the two-yard line. It's like. Oh my gosh. And when things are going against you like that, like it, it just is what it is. But, um, you know, they found a way to persevere and that's what we keep going back to, um, finding a way to get this done. Dave, I got a question for you. Are you concerned about their running game at all? Like that has become, a, a, I think a little bit of a bigger issue in the grand scheme of like, Hey, when it's, when it's crunch time and, and you need first downs, they seem to be getting them through the air and they seem to be rolling the dice like every single time that they end up doing it. It's not like they can turn it around, hand it off, and be like, here we go. We're going to get four or five yards. It kind of gets stonewalled more than it doesn't. I'm not concerned who we have at running back. Like I think the duo of David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs is actually really good, arguably one of the the best actually running back duos in, in the league. I'm concerned right now, and I know that this is like such a weak take, but – I'm concerned about this offensive line, the injuries, Frank Ragnow going down, Jonah Jackson. Like, we don't really know. Like, yeah, I, I am concerned about the run game if this O-line isn't healthy. Brant, this team was built off of, like, the, the O-line is, is the strength of this team. So when they start to crumble a little bit or you got guys coming out, they're not deep um, at all. And so, yeah. You saw exactly what the Saints did. They were going to focus on the run, and, and they really boxed them up. And in fact, those stats are a little bit misleading uh, between Monty and Jameer Gibbs. A couple of big runs broken. They really had that run game locked up, and it's a good point. Um, now, that that offense was good enough to, to, to bail them out. I, I think my biggest concern and why I am getting cooler on the Lions for the first time this year, uh, I know I've been high on them. This defense is a problem and not in a good way. This defense is getting worse each each week. Now they show glimpses of being good. The first half really against the Saints was was good. But they are not deep. They are injured. You just lose Aleem McNeil goes on IR. So he's gone for at least a month. Could potentially be back for the last game of the season. That's gonna that is not do Aiden Hutchinson any favors at all. Um, Ants alone out like I, I'm very and even without the injuries I'm just very concerned that this defense 
you know, kind of what, what I've said all year, Brand on, on the podcast is if you've got a top five offense, which I believe in the, in the offense, you can make this thing work with the top 15 to top 20 defense. However, I'm not at a point anymore where I'm calling this a top 15 to top 20 defense. They may be top, they may be bottom 10 to 12 defense in this league. Okay. I'm going to stop using the word top and that ain't good. And if you are relying in the playoffs to beat the 49ers or the Eagles and go toe to toe and try to keep up with points with them, look, it ain't going to work. Or even with the Cowboys, it's not going to work. And so look, yeah, you got to be grateful. Yeah. Seahawks. You got to be grateful. You got to be happy to be nine and three. I'm not saying don't be happy. Don't be not high on this team. But the current makeup and how they're winning games does not translate to postseason success. These, I, I'm just, I, I'm getting a little bit cooler on on the team in that sense. Now, in the same token, Brant, I did read somewhere. So look, the nine. I know we're gonna talk lines here. Uh, Seahawks play the 49ers, and the Eagles play the Cowboys. If the Eagles lose to the Cowboys, which they're favored to lose. Um, and if for some reason, somehow, Seattle, you're talking about a divisional game, they got a lot to fight for, beat San Francisco, and you go and beat the Bears this weekend, the Lions are number one seed with tiebreakers right now. That puts the Niners at four losses, puts the Eagles at three. Um, Cowboys uh, would also be right there with uh, with three. The Lions would own that tiebreaker. Now, look, there are there are weeks of football left to be played. But it is crazy. It's not crazy to think that, like, yeah, that idea of them being the number one seed, it's still in play. And this is why it's important to just win the games on your schedule. It seems to matter in the NFL and like it matters in uh, college football. Um, And look, you got to be happy where you're sitting at right now. Um, My confidence level, though, even heading into, and this is kind of a a transition into uh, this weekend, you got to go to Chicago and beat the Bears. Give you trouble. That line's moving and not in the right direction. I think it's like three points or four or something like that, but it's moved. It was it was more than that. And you got to win. You got to win this game. Um, you got it. These games come at a premium right now, and I I can't stress enough that like we we are going to learn. You learn a lot about your football team in the month of December. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's dealing, working through something. Um, Jared Goff, Brant, in the cold weather, hasn't been it in his career. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to find out this weekend at Soldier Field. Like, we're going to we're going to learn something about this team, and I hope we learn something good. Can I give you a forecast for Sunday, Dave? High of 39, 50% chance of snow in Chicago. So, yeah, and I'm going to lay off Jared Goff this week for sure. Like, he made the throws at the end of the game that he had to make. And he is one of the reasons that they gutted out that win. Like he was a main contributor in that didn't play necessarily top notch, like pro bowl level type Jared Goff performance that we've seen in the past, maybe, but definitely well enough to, to get this team where they needed to go on Sunday. Now, can he back it up with a performance against an improving bears squad and improving defense over there in Chicago? Um, to Chicago's credit, they haven't just folded this year. They've came out and they've played well in a lot of games. Uh, that's a tough place to go into and get a W. 
I would look for um, that one to also be kind of low scoring. I'm not sure what to expect from uh, the Bears offense necessarily, but um, I would think that uh, it would be on the lower scoring side of things. But um, go ahead, Dave. No, I was just going to say just to kind of wrap up thoughts here because I think we can talk a little bit about this in the betting segment. Oh, yeah. Um, I, there are two guys that I just did not want to go, and I almost just went without mentioning them. Sam Laporta looks like a top five, definitely potentially top three tight end in the league. Like, I know that's crazy with, like, Travis Kelsey and, like, Mark Andrews, and I know there's some guys. Sam Laporta is an absolute weapon, and he blocks, too. Like, what a pick by Brad Holmes. Um, he was the the heart and soul. They 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 did everything they could to lock up Amon Ross St. Brown, and he's so good. He still found a way to get open a couple of times, score. Sam Laporta, though, man, he, he was the heart and soul of that offense. And another guy, because if you're going to harp on guys when they're bad, you got to give them their flowers when they're good, and you know where I'm going with it. Jamison Williams. Can we get that kid the ball? J-Mo has arrived, okay? Jared Goff needs to trust Jamison Williams. He's doing the right things. His routes look better. He looks like he's where he's supposed to be. There's a couple of times that Goff is either not seeing him or not going to him. I don't know what it is, but this is what you brought in, Jamison Williams, for you give that guy the ball and let him make a play. He did it on the end of round. He's done it these last couple of weeks. He's blocking. He's doing everything you're asking him to do. If Jamison Williams even reaches like half of his potential that we thought he could be this year, you add in Sam Laporta, Monroe St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, and a decently healthy O-line, I can talk myself into the Lions winning some games. I hear you. I just hope we don't have to have that conversation about Jared Goff of why he can't use Jamison Williams in certain scenarios because some of that arm strength comes back into the fold of, hey, I'm on Ross A. Brown. You don't need to have a strong arm to get him the ball. He's like open 24-7. Same with Laporta. Dude seems to be open. He can go get you, he can go get it for you, but you're not hitting him 30, 40 yards down the field. Um, you know, with Jamison Williams, it seems like more often than not, because he's so fast and he can beat defenders that way, you're going to need to drop it in the bucket and drop it in the bucket at like, like I said, 40, 40 yards plus. So I hope we're not getting into that area where, man, Jamison is open a lot. And Jared just doesn't want to pull the trigger because Jared's arm is not where it needs to be. That's just what I'm, I'm putting that out there, Dave. And on that note, Brant, bring us into the betting segment. So Dave, um, Lions in the one o'clock slot on Sunday. Um, we talked about traveling to Chicago. We talked about the weather. Um, Bears getting three and a half at home. Who do you like? I'll take the Bears plus three and a half. I hope the Lions get it done. I have a feeling this is going to be low scoring. It's going to be close. I don't have a ton of faith with Jared Goff and the weather conditions you laid out there. Gosh, they they really need to win this game. But um, I I will take Chicago plus three and a half here. What about you? I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the Lions in this game. I I don't love the fact of um, the the Bears offense just just is a struggle. And I don't know what I'm going to get from week to week. Some weeks it's like Justin Fields is straight up on fire. And some weeks he can't even get a first down. So uh, for that matter, 
Detroit is the more consistent team. Dave, you just laid out the one seed scenarios. This feels like a grit Dan Campbell type of game. Um, I like to get it. I like them to get it done by more than three and a half. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, the Seahawks at 49ers. 49ers favored by ten and a half. Before you go, Dave, I, I have a feeling that you watched that uh, 49ers Eagles games. That game, I should say. How good was Debo, dude? Like, how good can he be? Like. He seems like a 240-pound man that just runs like a 4-4. It's crazy. He looks like a little tank that is just impossible to tackle when he gets a full head of steam. He's a fun watch, dude. He sure is. Brant, the 49ers are the best team in football right now. It's them and the Ravens for me. And uh, look – I want nothing to do with San Francisco. It's like they dropped those three games in a row. I think it was in a row earlier this year. It felt like it anyway, where I, like all of a sudden we were having the conversation of like Brock Purdy and like, well, I say what you will about Brock Purdy, man. The Niners are just clicking right now. Debo is becoming Debo of like two years ago. CMC is just so good. This defense, man, that trade that they made to get Chase Young, it's just it's clicking right now for this team. All of that being said, 10 and a half is a, is a lot of points when Seattle has a lot to play for. Now, Seattle has been struggling, and um, I think that they get right to a certain extent in this game. I think they can keep it closer than 10 and a half points, especially after the Niners came out and just mollywopped the Eagles, like embarrassed them in front of everybody. Um, it seems like I don't want to say they're going to get caught sleeping, but I think Seattle is going to come uh, prepared to play. What about you? This is such a one you can get over on Vegas, I feel like. Like, this is a Seahawks play for me all day, Dave. Like, this one feels like, oh, my God, the 49ers are up here. It feels like America will just bet crazy on them. And all of a sudden, everybody's looking around and going, why is this a three-point game with two minutes to go? Like, that's what this feels like to me. And plus, Seattle played really good against Dallas. Like, they went into Jerry World. They played their tails off, came up a little bit short. Dak played amazing. Um, you know, CeeDee Lamb continues to might be the best receiver in the NFL. Like, these are – Dave, you named the top three teams in the NFC. I, I get that. Detroit just on the fringe outside of it, I think. But 49ers have separated themselves as well. But when we talk about division games – Sometimes it doesn't matter, dude. And when you're getting 10 and a half, I like that a lot. I would play the Seahawks definitely this weekend. Um, Eagles at Cowboys. Stay right there, Dave. We just talked about the Cowboys. Just talked a little bit about the Eagles. Cowboys favored by three and a half at home. I'd have to assume that this is either a four o'clock kick or the night game. I'm not sure. I'm I'm sure it's It's a night game. It's a night game. Yep. Um, First of all, the best receiver in football is Tyreek Hill. He should be the MVP. That's all I'll say about that. Do love me some CeeDee Lamb, but Tyreek is on a different, different level. Um, I'm going to take the Cowboys to cover three and a half points here. And I know for some people they're seeing this and they're like three and a half points against the Eagles. Like that just seems like that's a Philly pick. I think Vegas knows something. The Cowboys need to to to, to win this game. Um, They dropped a close one to Philly in Philly earlier this year. Um, I'm not so sure about the Eagles, man. They're making all these splashy moves. They bring in, um, was it Shaq Leonard, uh, to, to that defense They're bringing in the big names They're doing what Philly does. I think that, uh, they might get caught. I do. I, I think the Cowboys might get them this week. The Cowboys may be in the running for if they, if they win this this week, 
they may make a push to win the NFC East here. So give me the Cowboys to cover three and a half points. A lot higher on them as I'm seeing more consistent play out of Dak Prescott. What about you? Dave, this is about the time where I buy into the Cowboys and it just burns me. It's like, I'm not doing this again. I'm rolling with the Eagles. I, I love getting the points on the road, um, especially after the Eagles came off a performance like that. I don't love the Eagles offense right now, Dave. Like, I understand Jalen Hurts and what he brings to the table. He also has such erratic play from time to time. It's like, honestly, watching Dak Prescott, really. Like, some of the plays are so boneheaded, and then some of the plays you're like, wow, he's really, really good. But I think the Eagles receiving core can give uh, the Cowboys secondary some problems. Obviously, DK Metcalf last week ate. Clearly, (laughs) Geno kind of had his way. It was not a great defensive performance for the Cowboys. Um, I expect a lot of points in this game. I'll tell you that. Whatever the uh, over-under is, go ahead and hit the over in the uh, Cowboys-Eagles game. All right. On that note, let's get on out of here. Season 3, Episode 18 here on Garage Takes. Thanks for sticking with us. Make sure if you have not done so already, like, follow, subscribe to the podcast, um, and hop over to the Garage Takes YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. We greatly appreciate it. Look forward to catching everybody next time. Powered by Riverside. 